0: Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply.
1: Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. J-Mac hanging with you on a Saturday night here on CBS Sports Radio. Plenty of time to still chat you up. We'll get the phones reopened in a bit. Uh, We're going to take the next couple of minutes to talk about one specific game, one specific team in the National Football League. Uh, Sunday night action has the 5-1 Cowboys against the 3-3 and Vikings. And the Cowboys have ripped off five straight wins. Lost the opener, tough game to uh, Tom Brady and his mates in Tampa. But have come back to reel off five straight but they've got a quarterback question going in tomorrow. tomorrow. I'm going to have my next guest tell me exactly what Dak Prescott's status is. Or at least I'm going to ask. He might not know because it doesn't seem like anybody knows. He does a great job covering the Cowboys for the Athletic on a day-in, day-out basis, basis. John Machota from the Athletic joins us here on CBS Sports Radio. How are you, JM? I'm doing well, Jody. How are you? Good. Uh We'll start at the top. I want to give the Cowboys credit for the the really good season they're having so far. But everyone and his brother wants to know if Dak Prescott is going to play tomorrow. And I saw a statement today that says it's going to be a game-time decision. You were around him during the week, around the team, and uh, you know how much he did practice, what he did or didn't accomplish when he did practice. What's the reason? If you got an inside source, you know exactly what's going to happen. Please share, but if not, just give us the best insight you have.
0: I wish I, I wish I did, you know. Um, I would. I'll, this is this, this is my biggest takeaways right here. All right, so going by everything that I've heard and everything I've seen, and comparing it to what I've seen from Dak Prescott in previous practices, previous weeks leading up to games, everything tells me that he's not going to play, and that it's going to be Cooper Rush. But because it's Dak Prescott, and because they are on this five-game winning streak, and he. He just seems like the type of guy that it's going to be a game-time decision. But I still, I think he's going to play. I really do. I think it's going to come down right to the end, and I think that it's all ultimately going to be left up to him. And he's going to he's going to want to go out there, and he's going to end up playing. I, I mean, the thing that really surprised me was how the Vegas line moved from the beginning of the week to where it is now. I mean, it swung over five points, and that right, right. there told me that obviously they they think strongly that Dak's not going to to play, and I'm telling you, everything lines up that it would totally make sense. I mean, the biggest one being the team drills during practice, during the week. I mean, Cooper Rush never gets those at all. Dak always wants them. Uh, He's very clear about wanting them, and he didn't get any of them this week. So it's all been, like, individual things and walkthrough things. Cooper Rush has been the one doing all the team drills. So because of that, you'd think that it would be Cooper Rush. Because they're bringing this down to the last hour before the game or whatever it will be before they have to have it in, something just tells me, my gut tells me that, that Dak's
1: going to end up playing in this game. All right, uh, you've been covering the league for a long time. I've been covering the league for a long time. This would not be a first when a team had already made a decision but didn't announce that decision and wanted to keep the opposition in the dark till right before kickoff, and they could basically get away uh, away with it because his injury isn't as severe as to put him on the IR or anything else that would absolutely force them to tip their hand. Is this a case of the Cowboys just wanting to get as much of a competitive advantage as they can by keeping Dak's status unknown until the very last second?
0: I mean, it could be. I'll just say this. I mean, we don't get to watch any team drills. We only get to hear about it, you know, from talking to players, talking to sources. So, to me, I don't know why you would go that far not to have him participate in team drills. I think they legitimately are nervous about him going out there. And making this injury worse. And when I say that, I mean the coaching and medical staff. Dak's not Dak. If it's up to Dak, Dak's going to play. It's just that because the medical staff will have a say in this, that that's the whole. That's the only thing that's holding this back. But I don't think it gives them much of an advantage, to be honest with you, because everything I've been hearing out of Minnesota this week is how I don't care if it's Mike Zimmer, I don't care if it's Adam Zimmer, I don't care anybody from their side is saying that. Yeah, we're preparing for for Dak, and if it's not Dak, then we'll adjust to that. Like that's exactly how you would do that. Cooper Rush is only. He's only played in one NFL game. Well, he's played in two NFL games and, and, and combined in such a little time that he's only attempted three passes. And those were all attempted in two thousand seventeen. Like, if you're the Vikings, who cares if you didn't prepare for him all week? Like you'll <laughs> gladly take that going into the game because if it, the opposite is that you prepared for this guy that is an undrafted guy that's been just a backup in the league and that all of a sudden then all of a sudden an M V P candidate's gonna play, like you would never do that. So I don't think that it's that much of an advantage because I think the Vikings have been preparing for Dak the entire time. They beat right. Dak it- Cooper Rush.
1: If, yeah, I, I, I don't think they'll go, oh, my God, how do we not prepare for Cooper Rush? <laughs> I don't think that's happening. You and I are on the same page there, and I, I trust your information and the way you're looking at it. So if Dak wants to play, and the Cowboys were featured on Hard Knocks, and he had the little arm issue early in the season, and they said, no, you're not practicing, you're not doing anything, so they're very cautious. with him. Now, that's preseason. That's not an actual game. This is a little bit different, but you could get from – Dak's persona he's a guy who's dying to get out there he wants to play he always wants to play so he's going to believe that he can get up in time to be able to play the game the medical staff will lean on the side of caution what can Dak do pre-game in the locker room tests that they might put him through what can he do to assuage the fears of the medical team and potentially get himself out there as the starter? Well, I think the
0: biggest thing is just to go through whatever his normal warm-up is going to be leading up to that. And they're going to expect him to be honest with them. And, and, and you know, Because here's the thing. On Thursday, he really ramped things up and pushed it. Because he basically said, hey, if, it's going to, if something's going to happen, it's going to pop or it's going to worsen, let's have it happen now. And, and, and I want to push myself and really test it. And so he did that, and he said it felt great. But then the next day when he came in, uh, I guess he told Mike McCarthy that he felt a little bit sore. And so he didn't really do much today. They just have kind of a walkthrough type practice today. Uh, So I doubt it's going to be sore tomorrow when he wakes up. So I think what ends up happening is that he goes to the medical staff, and if it doesn't feel tight, if it feels like it's something that he's feeling loose, I think that they'll go through a really long warm-up process. And then if it ultimately he he wins out on the argument and he gets to start, I think what you'll see is a little bit dialed back game plan where – you know, and, and really to be honest, with you, this is going to be the same whether it's Cooper Rush or not. I just think it's going to be very heavy Cowboys leaning on Ezekiel Elliott and Tony Pollard in that run game because if even if Dak is 100% or at least says he is and wants to play in the game, they're not going to want him running all over the field. I mean, that's how he hurt it was on that last pass where he's scrambling and he's throwing off of his back leg and 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 that's how and that's how he injured it. So uh, I I will say one thing that I think helps his chances is the fact that Minnesota plays inside. Because if this was an out, outdoor game up here in Minnesota and it was kind of chilly out, maybe it's something that they worry about it tightening up. You know, they obviously were playing outside New England that day, even though it wasn't really chilly, but it certainly isn't the same conditions as, as playing inside of a dome. So I think that might help him out as well. But either way, I, I if he's out there, I just don't think you see the full Dak Prescott. I think that they'll have kind of a – uh, uh a little bit smaller game plan i mean mike mccarthy has done this in the past it's not like aaron Rodgers hasn't had injuries that mike's had a game plan through so i think that's what what ultimately happens is just you don't see the same exact deck but you still see a pretty good deck and, and that's and they'll be fine with that
1: and oh by the way turning around and handing it off to ezekiel elliott and tony pollard not a bad way to go since Zeke 's is averaging over five yards a carry and Pollard is averaging over six. So the Cowboys' ability to run the football has been great to this point. And uh, if they have to lean on it even more heavily tomorrow, I don't think it'll be that big a deal. John Michauda from The Athletic, our guest here on CBS Sports Radio. All right, one last Dak question, and then we'll get to the everything else the Cowboys have going for them. Um, do the standings play any part in the decision tomorrow? Because the Cowboys have one loss – and everyone else in the NFC Least already has at least five. Uh, yeah, they've kind of already put the division away, or at least they built a tremendous lead as early in the season as it still is. Will that affect their decision as to whether Dak plays or not?
0: Publicly, Mike McCarthy says that it, that is a factor. I personally don't think it is. And the reason why is because I have never, I'll be honest, I have not heard a single guy Coach, player, whatever, from this team at all talk all season long up to this point about the NFC East. I, what I have heard them talk about is getting to the Super Bowl. And to, if that, those are really your goals you're, and, and where you're sitting right now at 5-1, and one, you're trying to get that number one seed in the NFC. And I think they, they really care about that, especially coming on this five-game winning streak. They're playing good ball. They care about that, especially with, you know, Arizona losing Thursday night. Uh, I think that's more important than, than the NFC East. I mean, because they're not going to come out there and say, like, yeah, we already know we got this wrapped up. We just have to show up to work. and We'll win this thing just the way it's going. But all they keep talking about is just how, I mean, we were talking to Micah Parsons the other day. And he was talking about, you know, the wear and tear and how much longer this season is compared to a college season. And a reporter's like, well, yeah, you got, you got uh, 11 games left. And he doesn't even hesitate. He goes, no, 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 we got 14. Like, it's just, that's the way that these guys think. This team is different than some of the Cowboys teams in the past. They absolutely think that they are legitimate Super Bowl contenders. And so, because of that, I, I don't think the NFC East and having that, you know, the lead that they have in there is really as big of a deal to them as getting the number one overall seed in the NFC.
1: Speaking of Michael Parsons, the kid is delivered since he put on the Cowboy uniform. Starting at linebacker early in the season, they had to move him up and make him a Pass rushing guy on the line. We've uh, gotten healthy back on the defensive line, so he's back to just playing all over the field and making plays everywhere. I know the Cowboys were very excited that they got him. They traded back in the draft and still got Micah Parson, added an extra pick in their deal with the Eagles. So I know they were ecstatic on draft day. This kid has lived up to all expectations, hasn't he?
0: Yeah, he really has. I mean, the interesting thing about this past draft that has gotten lost I feel like a little bit is is the fact that there was more uncertainty with this draft than there has been in several previous drafts and that's just because of COVID you only had so much time with these guys you didn't get the normal you know sit downs the combine stuff you know all the visits to schools and things like that like a lot of this stuff was done by Zoom and you just getting a chance to talk to some of the assistant coaches uh, during the bye week I mean they, they pointed that out how some of these guys have you know, a better work ethic than they really were expecting. Like oh, one of them being mentioned was Osa Digizua, who is, is who they drafted with the other pick that they got from Philly in that trade, which was their third rounder. Um, and it was just like, yeah, we can only get so much off of this and, and, and obviously talking to people around college football and talking to people around the league, but yeah, he's exceeded their expectations. I mean, if, if you do that draft over right now, not only would the Cowboys not trade back with the Eagles and, and not even hesitate to take Parsons at 10, they might trade up to get him just because of how he's exceeded their expectation. You know, because that was the thing. Like, they were all set on taking J.C. Horn or Patrick Sertan. And then when both of them went off the board, that's why they wanted to move back. I just don't think there's any way that they would take either of those corners right now if they had to do it over again. Uh, Micah Parsons has certainly exceeded their expectations, not just with his play on the field, but just uh, the way he carries himself and and, and just how he continuously wants to get better. Like, there just doesn't seem like he's really settling for anything. I mean, the – after that last game in New England, that's the most angry I think I've seen him. And they, it was after a win, but he just he did not like the way that he played. He thought he just played okay, and that wasn't up to his standard. And I, a lot of that stuff, I just don't know that you're going to get that just from talking to a guy in some Zoom calls and, and a few assistant coaches.
1: And, oh, by the way, I'm a bit of a draft geek and a nerd, and I follow this stuff and check out all the mock drafts and specifically watch players on Saturday afternoons in college football so I can get a grasp on how they're going to play in the NFL. Uh, Michael Parsons, was a guy who was mentioned as a top five pick, he decided to opt out. And then as the draft approached, he dropped down a little bit. There were rumors and whispers about he's not a very coachable player and that uh, he does carry a little bit of an attitude. Has that been evidenced at all since he got to Dallas?
0: It really hasn't at all. And and I, I've heard I heard some of those whispers, too. And I was like, OK, so that'll probably be why he slipped a little bit, because The thing was is that I think when he was drafted, a lot of people assumed it being like he's just going to play linebacker. And if a guy's just going to play linebacker, I mean, granted, there are rare guys that you could take in the top 10. But generally speaking, if he doesn't have any pass rush ability, you're probably not even going to take him even at 12. And so because he has that, that's why they were willing to go a little bit higher. He just played linebacker. Jerry Jones said it about a month ago. He's like, there's no way we would have taken him at 12 if he just played linebacker. But it's because of what they thought of his edge rushing. And, and with you, you mentioned how you follow a lot of that. I'll ask you this, because this is something I've just been curious about, is I wonder if him not playing last season at Penn State impacted his draft stock, where teams didn't get to see him. Because I'll tell you what, his last game at Penn State was at AT&T Stadium because it was at the Cotton Bowl. And they played against Memphis, and he was a freak in that game, just dominant. And then nobody got to see him for an entire year playing college football because he opted out of that season. I, do you think that maybe that impacted it?
1: Yeah, a little bit, and I think the same happened to Panay Sewell. I thought he could be the second pick in the draft, as a matter of fact. I A K came down because he sat out. Uh, Jamar Chase it didn't end up hurting him, but Waddle was picked before him, which... Uh, I uh, don't know or uh, Waddle was picked before Devontae Smith, which I couldn't figure out uh, for a little bit, but um, yeah, as you said, it was the weirdest draft we've ever had because guys just opted out and uh, without the combine and without guys playing an entire year and still having to make a first-round draft pick on a super talented kid was pretty tough for some teams, but the Cowboys certainly picked the right kid. Uh, They picked the right kid the year before because right now they not only have the best cornerback in the National Football League. They have a guy who's leading in interceptions by a ton, seven picks so far. Uh, you can never uh, pre-select turnovers and you can't coach them up and you can't say you're going to get them, but then you just have to hope that you get them or put Trayvon Diggs on the other team's best receiver and you get all the interceptions you need. How superior has he been as a shutdown corner this year? No, yeah, he's
0: absolutely exceeded expectations. I mean, I think people thought he was going to be good, but I don't think that they thought he was going to be quite to this level and, and picking off passes like he is. Now, does he give up some big plays? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, he takes some gambles on the back end, um, but I think that they're more than willing to live with that just because of how rare it is to get your hand on that many balls. I mean, it just, I mean, I do think that there is a little bit of luck involved. I don't know that it just, you know, uh, he's just the best absolute sh- shutdown corner in the league and nobody's on his level. I mean, I just feel like he's been in the right position, but then he's also kind of got like almost like in basketball, like in the zone where he's just feeling good right now and things are going well. So nobody is kind of like, almost like with a pitcher, with a no hitter, like nobody's really saying anything. Let's just keep rolling and, and just hoping that this keeps going in this direction. And if that happens, then I think that the Cowboys will take the, the you know, the, the big thing down here as people joke around about is the uh, pro football focus rate on him and how it's, you know, uh, that they, they ding them for giving up some of the big plays and giving up some of the big yardage. But honestly, the Cowboys up to this point have been just fine with that. As long as he keeps getting the interceptions.
1: Uh, And you expected it out of Michael Parsons. You expect it out of Diggs. You got one other guy that I did not see coming. And he had a pretty good year last year. Maybe I didn't give him enough credit for what he did last year when he got 63 grabs. Um, right now, Dalton Schultz is one of the more productive tight ends in the national football league. Didn't see that coming. Two years basically on the bench for the Cowboys, and now all of a sudden he's a guy who uh, they throw the ball to a ton, it seems like, week in and week out. Where the hell did Dalton Schultz come from?
0: (laughs) Well, I think what happened is that Blake Jarwin went down last year, first game of the season, and and when that happened, it turned into one of those things where it was going to be like, well, it's either you or or somebody else, so who's going to step up and take over this role? And he, he just ran with it, you know? He ended up being... Uh, a guy that made the most of those opportunities, which is fascinating because when he was drafted, it was kind of like, okay, this guy's going to be more of a, just a blocking tight end, and if we get anything out of, the, out of the passing game, great. And, you know, watching some of his games at Stanford after they drafted him, you know, he was the type of tight end at Stanford where if he caught a touchdown pass, it's because they brought in two tight ends on the goal line and everybody sold out to stop the run, and he kind of leaked out and was just wide open. And so you're thinking, okay, well, is he ever going to develop into the pass-catching type tight end that like, makes an impact all over the field? And nobody really knows for sure. And then just he, he started taking off last year, and his confidence ever since then has just continued to soar. And it's just crazy because it's, it's such a perfect timing for him because of the fact that he's a free agent. because uh, his rookie contract's up at the end of the year. And now he's put himself in this category where maybe he, maybe he ends up getting something like the Hunter Henry-type money, which is just crazy to think about just even a year ago to say like, something like that could have happened. But he certainly put himself in that conversation of being one of the top tight ends that will be in, available in free agency. And he keeps playing well like this, which obviously the Cowboys are thrilled with. But he, keep, he keeps playing like this. He's, he's pricing the Cowboys out of even having a chance to resign him. But I'm sure they'll, they'll take whatever they can get from him before that they have to you know, kind of cross that bridge.
1: Has turned into a fourth-round steal as a draft pick for the Cowboys. All right, one last thing. Um, Lyle Collins is back in – he's active. He's elevated to uh, active status but he's not back in the starting lineup. Uh, They're going to stay with the lineup that has been good on the offensive line since he's been out. He did fight his suspension. Don't know if that ruffled any feathers, but um, he's uh, coming off the bench for the Cowboys, being used as a swing guy now. How is he handling it, and is this something that's going to stay in place? Will he be a reserve offensive lineman from now to the end of the season?
0: I don't think he will because just because of the nature of the position, the odds that all five were able to keep playing at a high level and stay healthy just seems very, very rare. Uh, I don't even think that they expect that to happen. So um, he's saying all the right things. We got a chance to talk to him on Friday for the first time since he's been back. And, uh, you know, he's he's saying that he's okay with it because of how well Terrence Steele has been playing at right tackle in place of him uh, and that he'll take whatever, you know, he whatever position that they want him to play, he'll play. He knows he's a starter in this league at uh, pretty much any position other than center you could start him at, and you would be fine. Um, but we'll see. I think I think there's still got some things got to play out there, but it, it is kind of fascinating. It's it's really fascinating, actually, that if someone would have told me that Terrence Steele would start for Lyle Collins for five games, even Terrence, you, if you, I couldn't even, I don't even know if I'd be convinced that he'd keep the job for five games even without Lyle Collins being there. And the fact that he was so good in those five games that Lyle Collins comes back and he keeps the starting job, It's just, it's unbelievable because of the fact that Terrence Steele was an undrafted guy last year. He really, really didn't play well at all. It was kind of thrown in there because of injuries. And, I mean, he got probably as criticized as much as anybody on the team last year. And then he just, I guess that was the fuel to his fire because he came back this year stronger and uh, playing so well that Lyle Collins isn't getting his job back immediately, which uh, there's nobody that covers this team that would have bet that would have ever happened. So. Uh, As of right now, you know, Lyle is a backup at left guard and and the backup at right tackle, and uh, we'll see how it goes. If if everybody stays healthy, maybe that's where he stays. I personally think that he ends up playing guard before he plays tackle just because left guard has been kind of a weakness for them. Um, But we'll see. I, I, I just find it hard to believe that all five guys stay healthy all season.
1: Fair enough. All right, last thing, hypothetical, one of my favorite things, sports talk show staple. If uh, Dak can't go and they don't, he, he goes out, he tests it, he's in pain, uh, they don't even activate him, that they're uh, not even going to test themselves or uh, don't want to test themselves or risk it, uh, that he's inactive. Is Cooper Rush taking all the snaps? If he goes out and stinks it up in the first half, will we see Will Greer in the second half?
0: I really don't think so, and, and the only reason why is just because Will Greer isn't getting any of those snaps, and Will Greer didn't even get any of those, those snaps in the, in the preseason or training camp because he wasn't on the team yet. And so because the, one of the biggest reasons Cooper Rush is in this position is because he knows Kellen Moore's offense like the back of his hand. I mean, these guys have been around each other since Cooper Rush's rookie year in 2017, and so that's why he ultimately ended up beating out Garrett Gilbert for the backup job. And then after that, they signed Will Greer, and just, there just isn't enough snaps during the week. That I, that I could see them. I mean, I, aside from injury, I don't see Cooper Rush coming out of the game if he has to start. I, I really don't. I mean, and then if he got hurt, then yeah, then they'd have to bring in Will Greer because if Dak's not playing, why would you even risk putting him in there if, if Cooper Rush went down? So I think it would have to be a Cooper Rush injury. I don't even, even if he threw three picks, I, I don't think that they would take him out of the game. Now, they, would, they might be reassessing things come Monday uh, with the trade deadline being on Tuesday. Um, But I I don't see them going in another direction. If Dak can't go, it's Cooper Rush's game, first quarter through fourth quarter.
1: John, great stuff. Uh, Have fun trying to track it down the mall and find out how the quarterback play is going to go before the game actually starts. Appreciate you giving us some insight tonight. No problem, Jody. Thanks for having me on. John Machoda does a phenomenal job covering the Cowboys for the athletic. I didn't think he would know. But I I was going to ask, if anybody knew, I thought it would be Machoda. Yeah, nobody's going to know until they get on the field tomorrow as to whether Dak will be playing quarterback for the Cowboys. Jody Mack coming back, reopening the phones. Any of the NFL talk? Ohio State fans, you end up getting a win over Penn State. Just went final here. Actually, the clock is still ticking down. Uh, 33-24, Penn State missed a late field goal. It would have gotten to a one-score game, so they got to go into victory formation, did the Buckeyes. Uh, So Ohio State continues to move on. Will they still be ahead of Oregon in the upcoming rankings come uh, tomorrow? Hop on board my phone lines. College football, NFL, uh, the World Series. Get on my lines, 855-2124. CBS.